This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1. This is the evolution of intimacy with Ella Shannon. A show about sex, relationships and everything in between. You can start to feel bliss while you're vacuuming. I don't know if I've tried that or not. Do I want to try it? What is it? Very complex, very interesting. Flogging, whipping, caning. So there I was in my high heels and my little dress. So it is purely a stigma. Healthy sexual expression with other humans. I went to the local women's health centre and went, I think I'm a lesbian, is there a support group? They don't know quite how to talk about it. It's actually a core skill in relationships. That has always worked for me. Martina Hughes is a sacred intimacy coach and mentor. She used to be in finance and had a big transition through many years of yoga and meditation and lots of other things, including tantra and rebirthing. And she's brought all that together in her work. Martina, welcome to the Evolution of Intimacy. Thank you, Ella. It's a delight to be here with you. Yay. So what does sacred intimacy mean to you? Can you expand on that a bit, please? Yeah, at the at the heart of sacred intimacy is the possibility of journeying in intimate relationship and using it as a vehicle for spiritual awakening. So when we journey deeply with an intimate partner, there's the possibility of seeing and feeling beyond the surface of who we are, beyond the surface of who they are, and to open up to something that's much greater through the intimate union with, with our partner. So sacred intimacy is, is a whole pathway of viewing relationship in a deeper and more profound way and bringing spirituality into the relationship. Wow, I love that, really using the relationship as the vehicle for your spiritual practice almost. Mm, definitely. Gorgeous. So what does that look like from the outside, though? How would it differ if I was watching a couple that has that sacred intimacy compared to another couple that are in love? What's the difference? Mm, mm. So with sacred intimacy, there is a commitment to practices each day that cultivate that sacred energy between the two people and through the cultivation of those practices it creates it creates a different quality of connection there's more there's more sensitivity of each other there's a deeper awareness of where each other is there's a a greater capacity to be able to ignite sexual fire but then to be available in compassion and understanding the next moment so it's being able to traverse a wide range of possibilities of feelings of scenarios with each other because there's a, a great capacity for meeting what's arising in the moment mm. sounds delicious mm. if, if people are listening and and are drawn to bring a little bit of that sacred to their relationship what would be some first ways to enter into that what are some steps mm. yeah 
Yeah, yeah. It, it can be really simple even just to to pause for 30 seconds and look into your partner's eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. That can be a way to start. And when you look into your partner's eyes, instead of instead of focusing on the surface of the eye, instead of focusing on what your partner's face looks like or what color their eye is, almost to imagine that you're seeing beyond the stories, beyond the filters, beyond the looks, and seeing into the essence of your partner in that moment. And if you breathe deeply together with gazing into their eyes, it has the possibility of opening new doorways of connection and possibility. Mm. We really don't hold eye contact that long, do we, in in general? You know, it can feel really confronting and scary for a lot of people. Why do you think it's so hard? Mm, I, I believe that from when we're young, people people often end up feeling a lot of shame, like sexual mm. shame, emotional shame, and there's often layers of protection and hurt and closures in the body, and some of it is from our own personal experiences. Some of it is what we learn and inherit from our families of origin. But then looking into someone's eyes to to really gaze into their eye and to pause has the possibility of unearthing some of that protection, Mm. armoring shame. And so people will avoid the discomfort of being seen or of truly seeing another because when we're seen it does start to shift Mm. how we experience the world so Mm. part of the irony of that is that many people really crave being seen but there's also a lot of fear and protection around truly being seen so that becomes quite a bind for a lot of people yeah and you know you talked about shame really the antidote to shame is bringing light you know none of us Mm. some of us might be but you know we're not bad people you know we often have these awful core beliefs about ourselves that really don't check out and Mm. bringing the light there you know that example of looking into each other's eyes if you can be brave enough, it could help to dissolve some of that shame, I imagine. Absolutely. To, to truly be seen is such a strong healing force and mm. definitely an antidote to shame and closure and the emotional hurts in the body. Mm. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Alice Shannon. A show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec. I'm a woman. Like, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and mm. I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. (laughs) 
so they were just so happy to know that a they weren't alone and b that this was like a legitimate thing and that actually sounds really lovely and erotic really pleasurable it's a secret mind-blowing We have so many emotional hurts, you know, it's just part of being human, isn't it? And particularly Mm -hmm. our partner or partners, you know, it's so easy. We know each other so well that there could be resentments or things said. Um, What's some of your advice or things that you think about in supporting couples to not hurt each other and be a bit kinder to each other? Mm So learning learning to pause and breathe mm. is is great in any scenario. Mm. It's our feelings themselves. If it's a hurt feeling, if it's pain, if it's sadness, if it's fear, the feeling themselves are not problematic. It's mm. the reaction to the feelings. Mm. Equally, when we get triggered by our partner, it's like the trigger is not a problem. But reacting to the trigger is the problem. Mm. So what I find is that when people learn to express their feelings in a way that is really clean and simple of just simply communicating, I feel sad, I feel scared, I feel uncertain about what's happening at the moment, I feel angry, to express our feelings simply and cleanly without reacting in the moment allows space for curiosity and Mm. connection to stay alive but when we when we decide that our partner is to blame for our feelings that becomes a problem Mm. that's really powerful because I got this sense of you just you know here's the feelings you're putting it out there for someone to just observe and be with and to just mm-hmm. be held in that rather than kind of throwing it on them and say you fix it or it's your fault yeah 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 and and essentially our intimate relationships are the places where our buttons will be pushed and those buttons being pushed provide opportunities for healing you know we spend so much time with our intimate partner they get to see parts of us that nobody else gets to see and we're we're typically more free to be ourselves with our intimate partner so buttons will be pushed but it's to recognize that oh my partner yes they may be inadvertently pushing my button but it's also it's showing me something within me that is unhealed, unfelt, unexpressed. So how can I simply allow this space to feel, to see that part of myself, to show that part of myself, because that's when the healing of that part can happen. Mm, What a mature attitude to really go towards things like that with that spirit of curiosity rather than Mm. seeing conflict as a terrible thing to avoid at all costs. Yeah, and I think that that's often why people miss out on the depth that they would like to have in Mm. in their intimate relationships because when we become fearful of buttons being pushed or we become fearful of saying or doing the wrong thing, then there's a tendency for people to shrink, Mm. try to caretake each other, 
try to make things happy and nice and shiny yeah. but from that perspective the the true passion and the raw power and mm. the possibilities end up filtered and masked you are listening to the evolution of intimacy with me Ella Shannon a show about sex relationships and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, like, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and mm. I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. <laughs> so they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind-blowing. I'm really curious about that caretaking dynamic and it's particularly in women but in all people that looking after and can you speak a bit more to how that might prevent that rawness and passion and depth that mm -hmm. you're describing? Yeah, yeah. I think often where there's a caretaking dynamic, there's desire to protect somebody else mm. from from their feelings, from our feelings, there can be a part inside that even wants to protect ourselves from having uncomfortable feelings. So we'll put our attention and focus on the other person to, in order to avoid anything that feels uncomfortable mm. internally. Yeah. And I certainly know that I've, I've journeyed my, my own fair share with that particular that particular pattern and it can be quite difficult to unravel that but what I what I know is that unraveling that allows for a much deeper and wider expression to come alive of of passion of power of beauty of joy of love all of it and to recognize that the only place where any person gets to feel uh, love, joy, pleasure, beauty, passion is in their own body. Mm -hmm. So when they have more emphasis on the other person's body and feelings, there's a sense of neglecting and abandoning themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's so validating though, isn't it? Like you get uh, applauded for caretaking mm -hmm. kind of behaviors and it it's, takes a bit of reflection for people to recognize maybe I'm missing out on something by putting all my emphasis on you and not really feeling and experiencing what's happening for me yes what what would be some first steps in unraveling patterns like that if someone is able to identify I'm listening and like oh that's me I do that where might they start mm -hmm. Mm. So just to begin, even with a, with a daily practice of journaling your feelings, because journaling your feelings is the first step to starting to recognize the feelings in your own body and bringing some 
attention and awareness back to yourself. Mm. And it could be as simple as, I feel scared, I feel unsure about what to write on the page, I feel I feel a bit silly doing this, oh, I can feel there's, there's some vulnerability there, mm. whatever it is, but just allowing stream of consciousness about how you're feeling to come out onto the page and allowing it to have its own meditative quality and then noticing throughout the day when your attention quickly as a as a you know somebody with that caretaker pattern myself it's like if my attention goes quickly to somebody else then even just to pause and go ah is there something here I need to feel first Mm. You know, just to pull my attention, my awareness, my line of inquiry back to me uh, before I quickly put it on somebody else. And it's often when we're when we're in that kind of reacting quickly, putting our attention outside of us, when those things are happening repetitively, there'll often be resentments that sit underneath that. Mm. So wherever there's resentments, investigating that caretaking pattern and just coming back to truly listen and feel what's alive inside of yourself yeah you know that that pattern you know that person's put their own needs aside and those needs are starting to kind of push back underneath in that resentment Mm -hmm. I imagine yeah Mm -hmm. Mm, great invitation to really not try and stop the doing or the behavior, but to just actually give yourself permission to feel your own feelings as a first step. That's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. And so much happens on automatic pilot because that's essentially how we're conditioned. Our society's very, very much focused on thinking and mental stimulation and activity and doing and being busy and distracted all the time. Mm. So then a lot of people today are operating very much on automatic pilot and the life that we cultivate in sacred intimacy is having more spaciousness and more slowness so that there's the opportunity to recognize patterns and allow space for them to unravel. Busyness can be such a avoidance strategy, can't it? It's so mm-hmm. seen as such a wonderful thing. Oh, busy running around, but what are you missing out on by filling every gap with activities? Yes, and and such an addictive, addictive quality mm. to it as well. The busyness and also being quite strongly validated by our society. Oh, you're a good person. You're always busy. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What about just doing nothing and that being okay? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. And are there other patterns that you see? You know, we talked about that caretaker. Are there other things that you, you know, notice that come up regularly for people that are helpful to bring into awareness or that you'd like to mention? Mm, yeah, I mean, there's there's many, many different patterns. Uh, for some people, it's it's hiding behind layers of protection, as mm. I mentioned earlier. That sense of uh, yeah, keeping protection in place mm. so as to not be seen. Yeah. Uh, there can be you know patterns of avoiding intimacy and closeness, mm. like always um, always 
you know, staying at arm's length from one's partner so as to not feel the full depth and possibility of love that's available. Mm. Then there are people who are, yeah, busy being invested in work or social activities so that they're not there for their partners. So there's lots of lots of patterns that get in the way of true intimacy and I think that it's it's really sad that in our world there there's no role modeling for what true intimacy looks like and there's very little education about intimacy relationships and and sexuality in a deeper way so I think a lot of people struggle nowadays in relationships because of the ways in which there's there's a lack of information and education around what true intimacy can really be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the way you described sacred intimacy, what a template for people. You know, it doesn't sound mm. like, I mean, I'm sure it could be really elaborate, but the way you've described today, just starting really simply, slowing down, really being with each other, letting each other be seen. Remember that whatever we bring to a relationship has an effect mm. on us, on the quality of the relationship. So it can be as simple as the way we breathe, the way we walk, the way we we move and talk. Everything has an effect on the quality of our relationship. And so for the people who are wanting to have a different quality of connection in their relationship, just even reflecting on what it is they're offering to their partner, what it is they're, they're bringing in the day-to-day nature of the relationship and even to make small adjustments to how you show up to your partner in relationship can really have a profound difference. Mm, that really is a reframe because usually we were thinking, what can I get? You know, my needs aren't being met. They're not doing this right. Mm-hmm. And you're actually saying, well, how am I showing up? And can I, ha- am I being the best partner that I, that I can be? That's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And then we, when you set the word sacred, meaning holy and deserving of respect. Mm. So then when we show up in that way, it's like, oh, this, this is a place that is holy and deserving of respect. Mm. So then we treat it, we treat our partner differently. We bring devotion to our partner, but we also see the relationship as a temple as well. Mm divine martina if people want to hear more or learn more about what you've talked about today what would the best way for them to find you be sure they can visit my website martinahughes.com or they can find me on on instagram also martina hughes or on facebook beautiful martina thank you so much for your time and beautiful insights i really appreciate it You're welcome, Ella. Thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. You've been listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. We're feeling juicy the whole day. Every desire I could possibly think of. What sort of impact would it have? They want it, they're going to go and get it. They don't think of long-term consequences. Oh, did that feel really nice? 
oh yes that felt really delicious being able to feel good about my body again that's been a huge thing all anybody really wants in this world is to feel seen and heard we actually do have a lot that connects us physically it's making people feel good there is a real sense of hopefulness that returns in the relationship a really beautiful thing Take that beauty and that calmness and that bliss and that sense of peace out into the world. Thank you for listening and I hope we've inspired you with our juicy conversations on this episode of The Evolution of Intimacy. If you would like to go deeper, you can book a session of relationship counselling, sex therapy or individual counselling via my website. I work in person in Cairns, tropical far north Queensland, or I can meet you online anywhere in the world. Or you might prefer to go at your own pace with my 12-lesson relationship and intimacy online course. To book or to listen to previous episodes, visit my website, ellashannon.com or follow me on the socials at Evolution of Intimacy. Finally, please go to iTunes and write me a quick review if you're feeling kind. Thank you, lovelies, and see you next time. This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1.